1: And apologize to nobody. It's how I usually end my show.
2: I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double check does what the he wants.
1: And don't forget it. By the way, Joe Biden was roaming around and uh, he had this to say.
2: All right, thanks, everybody.
1: Where am I going? There? There go right this way. right this way. Uh, no, no, no. But wait, 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 sir. Where, sir, put, put, put the right foot forward. Okay, okay. Stop, stop. Wait, wait. Now, now, pick up the left. Okay, okay. Pick it up. Careful, careful. Forward. Oh, good, sir. Now, now, one more, and we're almost to the step, and we'll carry you down so you don't trip and fall. And um, and please, sir, stop falling up the stairs. To get into Air Force One, it's very um, embarrassing for our entire country because we're supposed to be, you know, a superpower. And so I, (laughs) good Lord. And on my show on Saturdays, I'm Randy Corcoran from Saturday afternoons uh, four. no, that's Brackbone, Matt Dunn, four to seven on Sundays. I'm on Saturdays five to eight, hard to keep all the schedules straight around here. But um, I've been getting an awful lot of mileage out of this one, too.
2: Name me a single objective we've ever set out to accomplish that we've failed on. Name me one in all of our history, not
0: one.
1: Man, how how many minutes do you have to go through the list? I mean, just start with Afghanistan. Just start with, I'm going to unify the country. That's, that's on my soul. Isn't that what he said during the State of the Union or the... Um his inauguration speech while washington dc was surrounded by barbed wire and and national guardsmen and turrets and oh my god the failures but the most disgusting of all failures for george uh, for george for uh, joe biden has to be his role as a father i mean look at the children he's raised sex addicted drug addicted his own daughter writes about taking inappropriate showers with him in her own diary. I can't tell you how many people who don't pay attention to some form of conservative media don't know that that's true. That's not some rumor. I've seen copies of the diary myself. No, nobody disputes it, really. It's just nobody talks about it. The man who ran had to drop out of two presidential races because he got caught lying, plagiarizing, who touted himself as smarter than anybody else, top of his law school class when he was near the bottom. And now he's so obviously failing, and yet people continue to try and prop him up. Or, of course, change the topic, Trump, red man, bad. It's really inexcusable. It's really unbelievable that we could have an entire corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machine that is so focused on Preserving this left wing takeover of the United States of America, that they refuse to report on the dirty little secrets in the Biden family, in the Biden administration, in the Biden political history. And I hope you are pulling yourself away from the propaganda. Interesting, we know, and listen, anybody who I, I wish Trump would stop talking about Biden, I wish. Pundits would stop talking about Biden. I wish other candidates, meaningless as they are, I think, in this primary would stop talking about Biden. He will not be the nominee. And it's not because he's failing so fast before our very eyes that he won't make it that far. It's that the corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machine is actually starting to talk about his age, his mental deficits, his failures, his family crimes. And that means the gig is up. That means they are preparing for a replacement for creepy, sleepy showers with daughter Joe Biden. Pull yourself away from the mainstream media. All right. I do want to talk about Dr. Fauci, but we had promised Tim, who held over the top of the hour, if he had any more to tell us about his adventure in Denver in decay, his F-250 stolen, F-150, sorry, Tim, stolen from DIA. And um, what year f2 f150 was it again 2018
2: okay but i guess here's the thing i wanted to make a point about was is that that it was in the cover it was in the garage which is controlled access in and out with cameras everywhere so how do you get a vehicle out of there that isn't yours
1: yeah and if they unless you leave the parking did you leave the parking ticket inside the truck absolutely not so they that means they had to pull up and say I don't have my ticket which means they have to be um, seen by someone right. to collect a minimum amount of money a large amount of money because I forget what they charge you if you don't have a ticket so and they they just they found the car but they have no no evidence no signs no nothing
2: no i I, I have to give the police absolute credit the gentleman that found it he uh, noticed that it had a, the front windows tinted very poorly with gaps in the tinting. And he realized that's probably not what should be on that vehicle normally. Let me run this plate.
1: Interesting. How long had you been without it?
2: I uh, was gone. We left on Wednesday, got back. Uh, I got back uh, here Tuesday, uh, Monday afternoon. And um, But they had found it Friday. Man. So it was really interesting that he knew where to look. But um, I, I just... I guess like the push, how do we push D-I-N? It's a business. Come on, guys. If you walked into your store and they stole stuff every day, you'd figure out how to stop it.
1: Well, now, Tim, have you not been watching video out of California and <laughs> other stores? Exactly.
2: It's illegal, oh, to,
1: it's illegal to try and stop it now. It's, oh, it's so over the top what what people are allowing to happen. Uh, you know, our own Jimmy Sangenberger had his car stolen. He's had a, several car thefts. He had one car stolen, recovered, and then had the same car stolen again from the body shop that was putting it back together after the theft. Now, I don't know that was from Denver, but uh, it, it's just oh, the crime dreadful. rate in Colorado. Yeah, it's, it's dreadful. And now some locales are suing the car makers for saying that your cars are too easy to steal. I just – you can't you, – if you read 1984 and thought it was world history – because you didn't know any better, you you couldn't make up where we're at now and how things are reported and talked about. It's over the
2: top. No, no, it isn't. It isn't. And, I, and I'll I'll leave you with this. And on your last subject, you were talking about. I'm a Gulf War vet. Yeah. My very good friend of mine was the former base commander of Bagram, and when that fell, I don't, I can't tell you what it did to that man.
1: Oh, God, yes. And that that's just the so sad. It, it's not just the ineptitude. It's of course. Extremely sad over 13, um, 13 heroes yep. and, and Joe Biden checking his watch as the coffins go by. But to lose.
2: He's asking w- us. Did he have a failure Really,
1: <laughs> to lose one of the most significant air bases we have where we could monitor China's production of nuclear um, warheads, nuclear bombs. And have, you know, a landing strip, a modern landing strip and everything else. And again, your corrupt, coordinated, Democrat-controlled media machine won't talk about any of it. Because, you know, well, Trump.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Tim, thanks for holding over. Thanks for finishing your thought. And God bless you. I hope you have a great night. You too, sir. You have a great night. All right. Before we go back to the phones, uh, we've got to get a little Fauci in here. Because you heard in Lori Kelman's news break that, uh, that uh, Ohio Senator... I'm so bad with names. J.D. Vance. Vance, Yeah, thank you. Um, My visitor in studio with a good memory. uh, His bill failed to pass, didn't get enough votes in the Senate. Big surprise to prohibit federal mask mandates. And I don't know if you had a chance to hear this or not, but Fauci, who I think is responsible for more deaths than many mass murderers, whose lies, whose coordination with drug companies, who's hiding his affiliation with the Wuhan lab and the research that was going on and the power that he wielded as the highest paid federal employee. Well, he's literally been unmasked by CNN. And before we go to that clip, um, I just want to remind you of some Fauci history. You're going to hear two very short Fauci statements. One is from August of 2022. The other is from something he said two years before that, approximately in October of 2020.
2: I didn't shut down anything. 22. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. 20. Let's hear that one more time. I didn't shut down anything. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. Yeah,
1: so that guy's obviously a truth teller. And here's the modern version of that, also very short for
2: callers. First of all, I didn't recommend locking anything down. And the record will show, Neil, that we didn't recommend shutting everything down. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. Um, And that was a very difficult decision because I knew it would have serious economic consequences, which it did. I didn't shut down anything. Yeah, just, I recommend
1: just in, cor- and just in case you forgot. Uh, this is the man who created so much damage to America. Allowed to retire, no criminal prosecutions, no inquiries into the uh, what I believe were outright lies that he told in response to questions from Congress. Subsequent emails proved them to be absolutely outrageous. And now, before we go to the phones, here is Dr. Fauci being unmasked right there on CNN.
0: Uh, Brett Stevens in the Times talked about Cochrane. Put that on the screen. The most rigorous and comprehensive analysis of scientific studies conducted on the efficacy of masks for reducing the spread of respiratory illness, including COVID-19, was published last month. Its conclusions, said Tom Jefferson, the Oxford epidemiologist who is the lead author, were unambiguous. There is just no evidence that they, masks, make any difference. He told the journalist Mayan Damasi, full stop.
2: Yeah, but there are other studies, Michael, that show at an individual level for individual, when you're talking about the effect on the epidemic or the pandemic as a whole, the data are less strong.
1: Okay. Yeah, I want to dig into that, but we do have callers on the line. So let's check in with Marilyn first. Marilyn in Denver, welcome to the show.
3: Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey,
1: hey. Uh,
3: truly, truly sad about your wife. i follow you guys on Facebook, and you guys just seem to have magic between you two, and I'm really, really sorry for you. Thank um, you
1: so much, Marilyn. It means the world.
3: Yeah. Um, But I wanted to talk about Buck. I uh, have a new word for Buck, and it's F. Buck. I listen to him. I have kind of watched to see if he says anything about the J6ers or uh, about the Biden impeachment. The guy has failed, with an F again. I think of the F word every time I think of Buck now. I truly, he might be a great guy to have a cup of coffee with, I don't care. To me, he's failing the state, he's failing our country by not standing up. He's not alone, he's not alone. But I am truly, truly upset with um, the 19 year old kid last month, or last week, 19 years old got hauled off by the FBI for misdemeanors. He was just on the outside, didn't touch anything, didn't do anything, just showed up as a kid, got arrested, went home to his garage and hung himself. Now that kind of stuff has been happening left and right to these people, these people that are patriots, these people that I almost went, I literally was going to load up my dogs, go to D.C., be there for Trump, and my daughter, who was a U.S. Marshal at the time, said, do not go. Something's up there. Do not go. Just don't go. She was really adamant about it. I'm like, okay, I won't go. I went to Phoenix instead, and I was at their uh, their big hoo-ha. I really and truthfully think that J6 is a nothing. It was um, Taruk who stood outside the gates as we watched Denver burn. And and one of my daughters couldn't go home from uh, the Four Seasons downtown because they were trying to break the glasses because those were the elite whatever's that whole building, by the way, Four Seasons. filled was Pena and all of his friends. There all Democrats in that building. I am beside myself. I could just go on and on. And this whole mask and Fauci and all of this crap, I have cancer. I found out as soon as the pandemic started, stage four, I have cancer. And I'm looking at everybody in the hotel, in the hospitals in Orange County, where I was diagnosed, and they treated it as if it was the bubonic plague. Except for, you could still go to Home Depot and get a toilet, you could still go and get a bottle of wine at the at the liquor store. And I'm looking at everybody, going, "What? What? What? What are we talking about here? Where's the common sense of human beings? This is nuts. It's nuts."
1: Yeah. Well, I. I really wish I had had more time to dig into Ken's letter and uh, maybe even get him on to talk to him about it because there are so many stories out there. And I, the letter he was responding to, I haven't fact-checked it. I, in fact, I haven't even read it yet. But um, uh-huh. but regardless, if you look at the picture as a whole, if you look at the videos that we've seen of people being walked oh. through the Capitol by police, people walking on the red carpet just looking around, the, astonished to be the inside. Theory.
3: The barriers being moved. I remember seeing that, watching that going. They moved the barriers for people to go in.
1: The big, vault, <laughs> the big vaulted doors, tons of weight, vaulted doors were opened from the inside to let people in.
2: Oh, there Ash- you
1: go. Ashley Babbitt, you know, was climbing climbing through a broken window. I get it. But fully unarmed police in the hall who mysteriously, the ones who were right by her, walked out just before she started to climb through the window and then was just executed, execution-style, point-blank range.
3: Um, Yeah, that's the only only person that died, technically, from that event.
1: And Liz, the former Republican congresswoman from Wyoming, Liz Cheney's, yay. Happy to sign off on the resolution uh, condemning her that the RNC put out. That was a real pleasure for me. But, um, you know,
3: I I got to tell you, and I know that you're very involved. Uh, as, well, as a matter of fact, one of my brothers goes to the Republican uh, out south by the at the fire department where you guys meet
0: mm-hmm.
3: because of the fire department or something. Tea um, party. Yeah, there you go, a tea party. And I uh, looked at my brother and I said, "This party isn't the party of Reagan anymore. This is the party that's a uniparty with the Democrats." And, and, and I'm really, really, really upset at how Trump is being treated. And, um, I know that there's a lot of people out there, a lot. But when you've got the machines rigged, when you've got the media, and when you are attacking everyday people that just stood out and, and just literally stood there saying, I disagree with this election, and they're hauled off, and then they commit suicide because they don't understand. And don't want to go to prison. They don't want to go to jail. And you've got all those people still waiting for trials. Why aren't the Republicans going, stop? This is not okay. This is not fair. I don't get it. And then you haul off and give BLM and Antifa, you reward them for what they destroyed in Denver that night, or the whole summer, basically. The whole
1: summer. Four, almost $5 summer. million dollars awarded just uh just heard yeah. the news story today from Denver City Council, I, spending other we, people's tax money.
3: Do? What are we going to do, Randy?
0: Well, I, what I, are we gonna do?
3: I
1: think we're doing it. We've got to fight for a, a fair election in 2024. We've got to get leadership in place that will go back to enforcing the law, turn these policies around, not use the federal government as a tool to impose, mar, impose Marxism and socialism and take more people's money and more people's freedom. It's happening so fast we saw how quickly it can turn around, though. We saw how good it can get during the four years of Donald Trump. So, uh, I,
3: I agree with you. I solely agree with you. But when you've got the FBI doing what they're doing, I just watched a video just two minutes ago of a young guy outside of, like, um, Savers, and he's being arrested, and his buddy's, you know, filming it. And this FBI they don't have any badges. They don't have any names on their on their vests. And the guy who's, uh, who's uh, filming them says, Hey, what's your badge number? Who are you? What's your name? know your business. Mm. And to boot, Randy, they didn't have license plates on their vehicles. Uh, What the hell? What the hell? I I agree with
1: you, Marilyn, that we have a weaponized, politicized, weaponized justice system and justice department right now. And the the only thing I can say is on every, everywhere you look, and we've got to get to a break for other callers on the line. But everywhere you look, more and more people are waking up in the schools, the damage to our children, the the mutilation of our children, the the uh, the lies about climate, the lies about President Trump, the lies covering up for Joe Biden and the Biden crime family slowly and surely. And you've just got to believe that that pendulum will swing and if you believe in God and that God is not done with America, um, we got that on our side as well.
3: You know, I, and I do believe in God, and I keep on, I keep on, I keep on holding out hope, and I really keep on holding out hope. And I can, um, I, I just, I think that there is a quiet storm underneath. But what they're doing by undermining and the Antifa going in and claiming they're white supremacists and they all look like little soldiers and they all have co- coordinated little outfits on and they look yeah. so neat and pretty. And I'm going, that's not, that's not white supremacy. Marilyn,
1: i, I got to pause you there, okay. but, just bef- I, okay. but as okay. we go, Bye-bye. just remember 1776 and the odds that the Revolutionary Army faced and the unlikelihood of their success, and also consider just how outrageous the left has to act now to try and make their points and try to push back. To me, it's all mm-hmm. a sign, and it and it bodes well for us. God bless you. Have a good night. YouTube, too, All right. Well, I don't want this to be bash Ken Bucknight, but uh, um, it is interesting to hear what people have to say. And I will be back with uh, more of your calls at 303. Oh, no, when we come back, oh, shoot, we've got a guest. I forgot about that, Jimbo. All right, we've got to take a break. We'll get to our guest when we return. It's Paula Scanlon, swimming mate of Riley Gaines and a big part of the effort to push back on transgender men taking on women and women's
0: sports. Stay with us on 710 KNUS.
1: We're back at 631. Randy Corpin in for Stephen Tubbs tonight on 710 KNUS. Thanks for all the calls. Thanks for the texts. They just uh, are flooding in, and I'm always so grateful. I especially love hearing from law enforcement. Um, you know, we do have your back. We've only got about a half hour left in the show. I'm really sorry to get late to our next guest. I got carried away with that last caller and did not pay attention to the time. Paula Scanlon, I hope you will forgive me, but welcome to Denver.
4: Thank you, and no worries at all.
1: All right. I um, You know, most people now know the name Riley Gaines and understand the controversy. Uh, William, Leah Thomas swimming, um, taking first place, really just taking away Years, if not decades, of work of um, female athletes. And fortunately, so much of this information is getting out into the media. Uh, But there are an awful lot of other folks on those swim teams and an awful lot of other people who've experienced the same kind of trauma. And I'm just so grateful that people like her and people like you have stood up and have now joined the Independent Women's Forum. You are a spokesperson, spokeswoman and advisor for the Stand With Women movement, and it's just so very important. Tell us a little bit about your story.
4: Yeah, so I was a member of the University of Pennsylvania women's swim team. So while Riley Gaines had a very different experience with um, Leah directly taking Spots from girls at the ncaa championship and having to compete against leah directly my experience is a little bit different than that where i saw leah taking spots from girls on my team as the roster having to change in a locker room every single week 18 times per week with leah um having to practice with leah having to deal with the university wanting to control the narrative around um having a transgender individual on our team they wanted uh, it to sound like this great progressive thing um and so yeah my experience is very different i definitely didn't lose out on a trophy i didn't swim the same events as leah but i did see the silencing that our university did and how they only wanted us to have one opinion um
1: can i can i just yeah. ask you a question D- do you i know i know there's a reason for using people's pronouns and their you know new chosen names and all of that but Even after all this time and and being now in public talking about this, does it feel weird to refer to William Thomas as Leah and to refer to this person as she?
4: Yeah, it does. And um, admittedly, if you watch my interviews and I've been called out on this, I have gotten a lot of comments about how I don't use pronouns and I have Through the entire situation, I've prevented myself from using pronouns because I didn't want to give the validation of referring to Leah as a she, but also calling Leah he felt a little bit too far. Maybe people won't see my side. So generally, I've kind of trained myself to speak without pronouns, which is so crazy to me. Um, And factually, at least during the season, I don't know if things have changed. Leah's like passport official name was William, still um they hadn't gone like they, you know hadn't changed the name of f- formally right so it's it's so hard because it's like I mean it's the same thing as a nickname and I, I I'm fine saying Leah I'm fine saying Will, I really don't care um but in terms of pronouns I think factually he is correct I do try to do that sometimes I've been so conditioned to continually say she because of all the sensitivity training I went through um, so Sometimes I slip up. But generally speaking, I've kind of trained myself to just not even use pronouns at all, which is so sad because it's just speech. I don't understand why it's, I'm preventing even myself.
1: 100%. And I, you know, I, I just have a habit of calling people by their actual name and addressing them first, what they biologically are. And you had first ex- firsthand experience with William Leah Thomas's anatomy, didn't you?
4: Yeah, and and personally, I did not look there around that area while they were, like Will or Leah, whatever was changing. I never did that. I never tried to, but it's very obvious that this individual was still intact with male genitalia. You can you can tell even without looking too well, hard. Well, you can
1: just tell in his in his swimsuit.
4: Exactly, and and people constantly accuse myself and Riley of being pervs, and you guys are. Disgusting, but it's, I'm not, I'm not trying to look at that. It is just so obvious when someone is a man or someone is a woman and someone has male parts and someone has female parts. You don't have to look at them naked. You don't have to be a pervert and check them out or whatever they're accusing us of. It's just obvious because we've grown up seeing it our entire lives.
1: And so you had to go into that locker room and change. I imagine there were ways you could, you know, maintain your own modesty. And you've already talked about not, not being interested in looking, but still. Uh, I mean, you have a personal story that goes along with this. I don't know if you want to get into it, but uh, uh, how did that make you feel, being forced to change clothes in there with that man?
4: Yeah, it felt really uncomfortable. And so like the history you're talking about is I was actually assaulted in high school. And that was something that was really, really hard for me. But swimming was always a place I felt safe in. And when I went to college, um, I never thought about the locker room being a place I was uncomfortable because I'd gotten used to changing around other girls. I had girls. Some uh, Riley's talked about this a lot, but putting on racing suits is incredibly difficult. These things are super small, they're skin tight. You have a hard time getting them over um, your legs and. And pulling the straps on your shoulders, like somebody always has to help you. I've had multiple girls that I've met that day that have, you know, stuck their hand down cracks of my suit and pulled it up. And I never thought twice that any of those people would ever be male. Um, but once I got to college and this, I was put into this situation. I realized, no, this place I felt so safe my entire life is no longer safe, and it was uncomfortable. I I had nightmares. I I had one of my teammates who. Changed in a bathroom stall and the family locker room outside because her locker happened to be next to Leah's and she was uncomfortable undressing in front of somebody who we actually met as a male. It wasn't like we joined the team and Leah was always female. We met, we joined the team and Will was a member of the men's team. The girls in my grade were introduced to William Thomas as a male athlete. So it's it's how can you expect us to just magically you know flip and what's to say. Any member of the men's team doesn't just make that determination that they're also a woman and we should undress it in front of all of them, too.
1: Well, it's happening. You know, there are anecdotal stories out there of, of high schoolers, declare, high school boys declaring themselves as girls. So uh, and going into their woke schools so they can go into school locker rooms and, and in jails. And, you know, it's you don't have to think very far ahead to understand just how ridiculous this whole concept and this whole idea is I don't care what adults want to do with each other to their own bodies to each other or whatever uh, if it's consensual that that is entirely up to them but when they when this minority of a minority of people who suffer with gender dysphoria want to impose this entire new lifestyle this entire new perspective on everybody else uh, then it's time to draw a line in the sand. And, and the bottom line is William Leah Thomas as a male swimmer sucked. He couldn't win a trophy as a male swimmer. So how is that fair that he brings his, you know, biological advantages from having had testosterone pour through his body? Still does, I think, but I don't know what his status is now, how far he is in his transition, if any. Uh, But it's just the inequities, the unfairness, setting aside the sexual discomfort and you having to deal with your own history and all of those things. When it all adds up together, how does anybody in America think this is right? I mean, what do you do you ever get a logical response to that question? Yeah, well,
4: I mean, I have a lot of. I'm from the Northeast. I, I know my fair share of Democratic and liberal people. And that's something Riley and I actually talk about a lot because she says, I don't really know many people that disagree with me in my area. I have people that argue against me. I have even family members that don't agree with my opinion. And generally speaking, the entire argument is just, this is a situation where two groups of people are at odds with each other. And a lot of people just say, well, progress is is, um, siding with the minority group, which in this case is people who suffer with gender dysphoria or identify as trans or whatever you want to call that group. That's the the minority group and progress would be siding with them and welcoming welcoming them into society. And I've even had a, a family friend that I that's very against this issue tell me that this is the same thing as Jim Crow and that we're doing separate but equal, that, you know, Black people and white people when they were separated. That's what we're trying to do to trans people, and it's like Jim Crow. And that's and, and I'm like that is so crazy because these, this is sex space. This is not. This is nothing to do with race. I don't understand why that that's where they go. That somehow it's the same thing as racism.
1: Really, really incredible. We're talking with Paula Scanlon. She's the Stand With Women spokeswoman and advisor with Independent Women's Forum. What's the website for IWF?
4: IWF.org.
1: Oh, that was... Okay, thank you. Very easy. Uh, (laughs) Talk to me a little bit more about what IWF is doing, what your role is as a spokeswoman and advisor for Stand With Women.
4: Yeah, so currently we're trying to pass uh, legislation... And right now, because of who's in charge of the federal government, we're trying to do this at the state level. um, We're going around and we're speaking in various places um, and talking to lawmakers and trying to pass legislation legislation that um, formally defines what a woman is. And says that if we have female sports teams and we have female locker rooms and female um, shelters and everything you can imagine of sex segregated spaces, that those spaces are designated for people that were assigned female at birth. It sounds crazy. I can't believe we have to pass laws to actually say that. Unfortunately, that's where we are. Um, So we're going around state to state hoping that we will be able to do this. We have something called the Women's Bill of Rights, which we've passed um, in four states now, which has been great. And there's a few more states we're working on down the line. So I'm very excited about that. Um, And yeah, and just sharing my story and just having the general public understand why this is an important issue to get behind and that people who agree with this issue but are quiet should also speak up and should talk to their school districts and should vote out the school board members that do not stand with women and girls.
1: Do you have the same sense that I see just from watching around the country, reading and, and talking about these issues on air and et cetera, that more and more people are waking up to these issues i mean you're kind of on the backside of what is going on where an an adult male winds up you know showing up in your locker room and competing in your sport and taking advantage of his physical um you know his better physical attributes to to win races that he wouldn't otherwise win but now we have them starting on the front end where they're trying to indoctrinate our children into saying that you know you too can be transgender and it's okay and you know, four and five-year-old kids—it's okay to feel like a boy or to feel like a girl. I just—it's so strange. Do these same people that defend what happened to you uh, defend what's happening to our children? Even going so far as to cut off body parts, mutilate them, change their hormones, etc.
4: Yeah, it's crazy, and I'm starting to see people wake up. Um, we used to live in Queens, New York, which is. Uh, a lot of minorities and generally very Democratic-leaning. I mean, all of New York City is. And we have a lot of Hispanic friends that are seeing this. They have young children who are in the public school system, and they've never even really voted before. They've never been into politics. They've never wanted to participate in voting. But now they're getting out and they're saying, enough is enough. My kids will not be indoctrinated by this stuff. They don't want to have pride parades in their schools. They don't want to have... Boys showing up wearing dresses in their preschools. They don't want their kids to have to talk about having same-sex relationships or any sexual relationships for that matter. It's not homophobic. They just don't want children exposed to sexual behavior. And that's what these schools are doing and some of these teachers are doing. And actually, these people who have never voted before are not just going to vote, but they're going to vote Republican in areas that are previously been highly demo- Democrats. So, it's very interesting, and I'm starting to see those types of people wake up. And I actually had a conversation with one of our family friends. My um, my brother is uh, the godfather of my of his friend's son, and he said he said this quote. He said, "It's so easy to be a Democrat if you don't have children. Once you have kids, I don't I don't think anyone, any parent who has a brain would would think that." Um, and so that's I'm hopeful. I'm very curious to see what happens with these elections. But I, I know people are waking up to this. And I know there are people who even people who are part of the LGB community that are lesbian and gay still don't think kids should be exposed to this.
1: One hundred percent. I know lots. I shouldn't say lots. I mean, that's how do you define that? But I know uh, just smart gay people living their lives, doing their thing. God bless them. Um Heal them if that's what's needed. I I don't I don't want to draw any judgments on that at all, but they think that this stuff is insane. And I I just think of you at tw- what are you twenty three, twenty four?
4: Yeah, I'm twenty three.
1: Hey, growing up as a little girl and and finding athletics that you like to participate in, I, I can't even imagine that in your wildest imagination you'd think you'd grow up into a world where you have to compete with a biological boy and go change clothes with them in the locker room. It's, it's bizarre how fast things have changed. And I just pray that they can change back just as quickly with powerful, uh, courageous young people like you getting into the fray. Cause you know, us older folks are nearing the end of our shelf life and we need strong new leaders like you and Riley. And so I just want to thank you for the courage of, you know, sharing your personal story and, how this affected you in a unique way, but then especially stepping into the fray, because we know how ugly the cancel culture is and they're vicious, right? We don't call them names and evil and uh, try and you know, cancel you and everything else, but I'll bet you're experiencing a ton of that.
4: Yeah, and and it's something that, you know, people ask me how do I handle it and it's and it's okay if I get some hate and it's okay if people call me names because I know that I'm on the right side of this. And there are days, don't get me wrong, where it hurts, where I feel like there's so many people that are against me. But this particular issue, we have the majority. Most people that I know, Democrats, Independents, Republicans, they agree that men cannot become women. They know the reality of what a man is and what a woman is. They know that men have an advantage in sports. They know that men are stronger than women. They know that men cannot carry babies. Very simple things that I've never thought I would have to say out loud People are aware of that, and I think the tide will turn on this. And even the Democrats are now calling this issue complicated. They they said that, and um, you know, the press secretary said that at one point. And I think they're starting to see that they're trying to walk this back a little bit. So even just an inch that they've given of trying to walk it back shows me that they're they're going to have to change their mind on it because they're going to lose they're going to lose votes because this is an issue that everyone agrees on.
1: Well, Paula Scanlon, uh, just thank you so much for stepping up for, you know, your future children and your siblings, if any, and just uh, children and young people around the world. It means so much. The website's very complicated for Independent Women's Forum, IWF.com. Thank you very much. Um, But uh, text messages even coming into the studio. Paula and Riley are such amazing women and role models. Um, And here's a great question, and we're really out of time, but why don't they just start a third type of athletics for transgendered athletes and let them have at it.
4: Yes, I I would be open I'd, to any solution. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, then they're going to say that we're isolating them, and it's back to the separate but equal argument. So Uh, it's just nothing you can do uh, other than just bending over and giving them everything.
1: And nobody would watch it. You know, it would never never meet any success. So it's, ah, Lord. Well, thank you. I'm sorry we were late getting to you, but we kept you long so we could have a good conversation. And I just thought you were great. Good luck to you. Stay safe and especially stay strong. God bless.
4: Thank you so much.
1: All right, we're going to jump straight to the break. Just a little bit of time on the other side. We'll squeeze in any calls we can and wrap up the Stephen Tubbs show. Steph we will be back tomorrow. I'm Randy Corp. you're listening to 710 KNUS. Oh, that's for me. All right. We're back with very little time. Um, another police officer wrote in. I worked dozens of hours on the riot lines in Denver. They threw fireworks, mortars, and Molotov cocktails at us. I now wear hearing aids because of it. And the City Council of Denver awarded almost $5 million to BLM destroyers from the summer of hell in downtown Denver. Absolutely disgusting. All right, we got, uh, let's see. Yeah, let's get to Peter. We'll try and a quick thought, Peter. We're just about out of time.
2: Yeah, Randy, I'll be quick. Uh, first of all, I like Backbone Radio and Wake Up with Randy Corporate and, uh, Back back on weekdays, nicely done. <laughs> oh, thanks. And, was Matt um, here last night?
1: Oh, cool. Yes, Matt Dunn was here last yes, he night. Was. Okay, go ahead.
2: And for uh, the woman you spoke to earlier this hour, you know, if I was at that meeting, I just want to say that I too would have stood up for Hooters, and hopefully, Hooters will return the favor. <laughs> but that, uh, that's not why I'm calling. Thanks,
1: I gotta tell you, Peter, we've got a horrible connection with you, and only about a minute. So I think we're gonna let him go. I'm so sorry. It, just hearing a lot of static in there. I'm sure. Sorry about that. I hate to do that to a caller, but um, yeah, tomorrow. Uh, let's see. Tuesday night is the September Rapo Tea Party meeting. I will be back. I was supposed to be back for the first time in three months last month, but wound up actually in this seat filling in for Stefan. But um, I will definitely be back. You can, if you're not on our mailing list for tickets, you can send an email to Party at gmail.com, arapahoteparty at gmail.com, and get on our mailing list. We actually have leftists now who will scoop up our free tickets to try and keep others from getting into our often standing room only and packed houses. So we've got a system in place to get rid of that now. Um, but you do need a ticket. We will need to be able to identify you. And uh, hope to see you next Tuesday. Thanks to the callers. Thanks to the texters. Stefan Tubbs will be back tomorrow night for his final eight weeks on the air here at 710 and in radio overall. I'm Randy Corcoran. Love to my dreamy girl in heaven. God bless each and every one of you. God loves you. So do I. Have a great Friday and weekend. Stay with us.